1: Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its continuing mission, to explore strange new worlds. To boldly go where no one has gone before. This is Captain
0: Jean-Luc
1: Picard. Captain Catherine Janeway. Captain Sisko. This is Captain Jonathan Archer. Red alert. Photon torpedoes. Fire. The
0: official Star Trek podcast. Engage.
1: Engage. Make it so. With your host, Jordan Hoffman. That, sir, is illogical. Let's make sure that history never forgets. This is Engage.
0: Chailing frequencies open, sir.
2: And hello, everybody. Hello and welcome to Engage, the official Star Trek podcast. I am your host, Jordan Hoffman. Uh, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash engage the official Star Trek podcast. Follow us on Twitter at, at Jay Hoffman. With us, as always, is Brian. How you doing, Brian? Doing good, Jordan. And we just watched episode eight, eight, 108. And it's the one with the big Latin name. It means if you want peace, prepare for
3: war. What is it in Latin? Uh, civis possum parabellum.
2: Nice. I You're I taking... think that's
3: how it's pronounced. I mean, don't don't quote me on that. Well, no nobody knows how you pronounce Latin. That's because true. It's not. It's a dead language. Nobody really knows. <laughs> There's no such thing as a Latin accent.
2: Did you take Latin in high school?
3: I did not. I took Spanish in high school and I took Japanese in college and I don't remember a word of any of it. Oh, Japanese, huh? That's pretty cool.
2: That's pretty cool. At the time, I thought um, so too. But
3: like I said, I don't remember any of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: I took French. May we je comprends je je parle français un peu see you retain something Uh, there you go oui un peu un peu all right so listen we got the new episode here and it's exciting we're going to do a little recap as we always do but before we do i just want to let you know um brian and i know you were trying to be there but you know life got in the way there was a big event this past weekend kicking off um I just want to give a shout out to our friends at the liberty science center in jersey city new jersey and let listeners know that between now and now is november of 2017 and late may of 2018 i think it ends on like the 28th of may i could have the i might have the exact date wrong but there is a wonderful exhibit it's the it's the traveling exhibit for star trek Uh, it's called the starfleet academy experience it was in, the uh, it was in Manhattan at the USS Intrepid, and we did some recordings from that early in Engage's history. That's when we spoke. We spoke to um, our friend George Takei, and we spoke to the uh, astronaut um, Massimo. I think is his last name Massimino. He goes by Mass. You know, the yes. guy he goes, Hey, I'm Mass. So I'm like, I'm like an astronaut. And uh, it was in Ottawa, Canada, and it was in Calgary, Canada. But now it's back in the good old USA which is uh jersey city it's funny jersey city and the intrepid are like on a map as the crow flies like inches away from each other so this this exhibit can only go to canada and within a two mile radius of (laughs) new york and new jersey so uh you know for fans that are maybe in texas or you know illinois or whatever yeah west coast it's a little bit annoying but anyway the point is it's from uh, november through to next may uh, it's this exhibit, it's really fun, and it's also part of the Liberty Science Center, which is a state-of-the-art um, science uh, museum, you know, lots of cool stuff, very family-friendly, but also they have a lot of cool things for adults, and they have once a month, they have something called Liberty Nights,
3: it's called. Yes, and, uh, my um, wife actually goes to that regularly. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, no, I met, um, I met the gal who runs it as part of this event, and uh, so they have, uh, you know, evening mixers and whatnot. And I should point out it's in a beautiful location. It's in Jersey City, right um, on the water, near you can see the uh, Statue of Liberty, which is actually closer to New Jersey than it is to New York, and you get the view of all of Lower Manhattan. It's very easy to get to if you live in New York. If you take the, you know, those buses and trains, and there's even a, you know, the PATH train. So there was a gig on the weekend where we kind of kicked it off, and there was a, a party, and we did. You know, we did kind of the usual stuff we do at the conventions. We did our trivia, and um, uh, you know, the spelling bee. We did that again, <laughs> and uh, you know, we had some guests, and it was great to see a lot of the listeners. I saw um, our friend, you know, who showed up, um, and I didn't realize it was him until he was on the stage because he did the um, he did the trivia, and he won the trivia actually. He won the grand prize, uh, Jonathan Q, who oh, was really? one of our fans. Yeah, he was there with his little little boy. And I'm like, are you who I think you are? You're, you're Q, and I told the audience like, this guy's name is Q. It's not spelled Q, but it's Q. <laughs> so he was there, and you know, we did semi-final rounds and then finalists, and he won the grand prize. So that was pretty cool. Well, congratulations to him. Yeah,
3: congratulations. <laughs>
2: and our friend uh, Michael uh, Michael Gwyn. I hope I'm pronouncing his last name wrong. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, <laughs> not wrong. At all. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. Uh, who's you know, he's been very involved in all the cosplay stuff in Las Vegas and. He was really great in getting a lot of the uh, uh, people in costume showing up. Anyway, so it was a lot of fun. And uh, Jill Pantosi, the nerdy bird, was there. It's always great to see her. And Rob Perlman, who's been a guest on the show before. So it was a nice night, and there are pictures on Star Trek.com if you want to go. But the more important thing is you missed that because you can't go back in time, no matter what uh, Stamets and Harry Mudd tells <laughs> you. You can't go back in time. But you can still go to the exhibit, and uh, it was really great. If you're a Star Trek fan... Uh, you really want to check out. It. It's a really nice exhibit. The Liberty Science Center is uh, conveniently located right near the uh, New Jersey Turnpike. If you've driven to from New Jersey into Manhattan, if you've gone into the Lincoln Tunnel, you've seen this building. It's the giant sphere. Yes. You know, you've definitely, anybody who's been in, in a car going into Manhattan through New Jersey or arriving from the south. So if you go to Newark Airport, if you come from the north, you take the... George Washington Bridge. Um, but if you come in from the south and you see, what is that giant sphere? What's going on in there? That's the, the Liberty Science Center. So it's a cool place. And, Brian, I'm sure you'll check it out sometime before now next May. You got Yeah, I, I definitely time.
3: want to get it out there sometime.
2: Yeah, really cool stuff. So, you know, what else was really cool was this new episode. And, um, you know, definitely change of pace. I don't know about you, Brian, but, I mean, coming off of the time loop episode, which the more I think about it, the Time Loom episode was like a gem. You know, it was just a perfect thing. Really fun and uh, you know, had cool it was cool because it was slick, you know, it had the Wycliffe Jean song. Yeah. It had it had the cool stuff with the characters, you know, we learned that Michael Burnham has never been in love. We see him <laughs> dance her dance with Stamets. Uh, we get cool Harry Mudd in the Endorian helmet. And then you get a lot of action. And anything with time travel is cool. And then it ends kind of jokey, very TOS, as we discussed last week. Yes. It ends feeling like, you know, where's DeForest Kelly as Bones? You know, and it had a real <clears throat> a real nice button to it. This episode is is quite in the other direction. It's, it's a little um, – it's not as action-packed, for sure. And it had really more of a next-generation vibe. I mean, they go to a planet – and what what they think is going to happen is not going to happen, and there's trouble with uh, with one of their people. Although there is a little bit of a twist. I mean, you think I was thinking, oh, saru has been possessed by some alien, and no, he just kind of flipped out, is what it is. So yeah, I, I was um, a
3: little, I, w- I was kind of questioning uh, the, how permanent that that was going to be, but it seems like it kind of stuck with him a little bit. And like he just kind of regained his senses, but he still has that resentment uh, there. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, I mean, but they did a nice way they explained it in a nice way, which is like we don't, you know, we we don't know what it's like to be a Kelpian, this guy. Yeah. They kind of said at the end, you know, he's if, if you're living in constant terror and constant fear, you're going to have a different outview on the world than the rest of us, which makes me wonder what the heck he's doing in Starfleet, but that's, you know, that's not for me to say. I mean, it's uh it it, it is uh, very we're still learning about the Kelpian a little bit. Yeah. So, uh yeah, so let's let's reel it back in. I mean, there were kind of two uh, threads going on here. Number one was uh, the away mission, and number two is the some intrigue happening on the... Uh, uh, the, sarcophagus the, ship the, ship. Dead, the sarcophagus ship. The sarcophagus ship, yeah. And with the Klingons and with our prisoner, um, Admiral... Uh, Cornwell. Cornwell, thank you. Um, but... How
3: awesome was that prologue that battle sequence was pretty yes nuts, right? that yeah that was a great a great start to the episode but um yeah I, th- there was definitely those two those two main threads, and I felt there was a one s- minor thread with uh Stamets and tilly, which i uh i have one oh yes that's on. right,
2: yeah, so two and a half threads plus a little half thread at the beginning with the prologue, you're absolutely right yeah, okay, but so between that, I think we have two and two thirds thread, yes, <laughs> <laughs> uh the opening bit. Was interesting because the Gagarin ship sees the um, Discovery spore drive in, right? Yes. And there's part of me that's still thinking like, this is hush hush, right? Because you know the rest of the timeline doesn't know about spore travel. We know that at some point after, we know that at some point during the show, this is all going to get covered up. And I'm like, well, if they're coming to save the Gagarin, the Gagarin's going to see them. I'm like, I, I guess that means the Gagarin is not going to survive this fight. And then a couple minutes later, I'm like, well, there you go. That explains it. So, I uh, mean,
3: you could also chalk it up to, you know, maybe they, they weren't paying attention to where they were coming from because, you know, they were shot at by six Kleon uh, six ships. So, <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's true. And the sound effects are really cool. They had that kind of fat, squibby sound. It had a little bit of a Star Wars sound, I got to say. These The lasers in that first battle sequence... Sounded to me like that fat kind of flat up. Yeah, yeah. Now that you mention it, yeah, I, I can hear that. Yeah, it it had it's like a squeaky kind of. I can't really do it, but it that I don't know that there's too much in Star Trek that has ever had that sound before, but it's definitely a Star Wars sound. It's not a knock, you know. I'm just saying it was kind of got me off the couch when I saw <laughs> it first. It was pretty cool. Ah uh, yes, that opening sequence was wild. Uh, I it's official beyond any shadow of a doubt that Captain Lorca's catchphrase is "Go." He did it again. Uh, it's it's um it's a choice. That's I mean I don't know. Are there gonna be T-shirts with him saying "Go"? I need to know. I don't know. I, it, it was, hey, maybe it was we should make else. one. Maybe we should make the first yeah, official engagement shirt. Right? <laughs> engage. Go. yeah. Scratch out. Engage. And let's go. Um, and we got to see a lot more of the new, um, of the uh, bridge crew. You know, the android lady. Yes, the B team. Uh, uh, we yeah, actually heard Reese. all their names
3: this time, I think.
2: Yeah, we heard all their names. The guy's name is Reese now. He's yeah. sort of, I guess, the checkoff because he was manning the uh, the weapons. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there we go. We officially should start knowing their names, uh, you know, we got to commit these things to memory eventually. So, um and then uh like you said, uh we saw them spore jump out of there and Stamets is losing his mind. He's got spore madness.
3: Yeah, no, he definitely seems to be it seems to be taking a toll on him and uh it was actually pretty cool to see uh how, it, you know, how it interfaces with him as compared to the tardigrade previously.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just plug it in your arm. But here's the thing. Let me run this by you. Remember, he exists outside of time and space. Yeah, this is the one comment
3: I want to make about this I think you're going to say.
2: (laughs) What I'm going to say, you tell me this is what you were thinking. He looks at Tilly and says, oh, Captain, and then he covers up. So I think that he's zooming into the future or perhaps a possible other parallel universe or a parallel timeline he or maybe the mirror universe remember we still haven't that is ever true. we haven't circled back to that yet so i think that he's zip slip sliding away in the time stream there there's another realm that he visited in which tilly was the captain is Yes, that I, uh, that's exactly
3: 100% what i thought yes
2: yeah which is awesome now what i hope i hope it's like evil tilly if we see evil tilly you know, That'd be my kinda time. awesome. Yes. I would love to very much enjoy that. Best thing. That would be the <laughs> best thing. I mean, we saw uh, you know, in, in Enterprise, uh, we saw Evil Hoshi and uh, you know, in, in uh you know, we saw you know, evil evil Major Kira. You know, we've seen also Evil Spock is the most famous, obviously, but to see Evil Tilly and uh, even on an episode of voyager there was one episode where kess the little nobody really likes kess that much but kess was all right there was a Kes episode where she turned evil for whatever reason and and you know cuz she's you know a little you know kind of a, a little pixie gal and she turned evil and it was kind of fun so tilly turning evil first what would her hair look like i
3: would don't know
2: shaved would it be dyed black
3: yeah i, I was going to say <laughs> black uh, you know you know what maybe it's it's like real shortcut and it's it's black or something i don't know no, you know what it would be?
2: It would have like streaks of like silver in it. She'd look like the Dazzler, you know? <laughs> uh, and and she would have like all, you know, she'd be decked out in like a robe or like a cape or something. Maybe she'd be holding a scepter and she'd have all kinds of makeup on. Wait, wait, and she wait. Would be... is,
3: it, is this the Mirror Universe or Flash Gordon?
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I guess this is really just my head right now what I'm talking about. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But this is what I'm uh, if I I was a better illustrator, I would draw this tonight on a a sketch pad. I'm going to commission this from an artist. I'm going to find an illustrator and commission a mighty, uh, a a mighty and wild mirror tilly. So, yeah. So hopefully that's the thing, you know, hopefully that's something. And I hope that that, you know, you you don't just throw that in there and. Because if he was just going to be confused, he would just be like, where am I? What's going on? But he called her captain, and there was like a moment. you know. Yeah, I
3: mean, uh, again, is just because we know her Her whole deal is that she wants to be a captain one day. So, I mean, if they wouldn't have thrown that, that line in earlier on, we wouldn't have thought twice about that. So, I mean, I, I think there's definitely something to uh, pick up on and look towards. I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, so then, what's going on
2: over on the uh, on the Klingon ship? Uh, Lorel is back. She's got a scar on her face now, which
3: looks badass, and she's got two colored eyes now, which I didn't remember if that was uh, the uh, the same as before. And you know, by the way, the woman uh, navigator from the um,
2: Kayla Kaylee. Yes, yeah, she uh, also
3: has two colored eyes. Yes. Yeah. Did did she always have that, or is that new? I, I, I think I think so. I, I think that has never really gave us a um, a, a, a head on shot. Uh, you know, with lights. Yeah, yeah, a
2: nice close, tight close-up where we saw that.
3: Yeah. So yeah, that's the
2: new trend—is uh, two different color to her. You know, it's we three. You get David Bowie on the on the ship, <laughs> and then you got all three of them. Uh, so uh, yeah, so um, Laurel, and you know, remember last time she spoke in Federation Standard, also known as English. Uh, I said she had like what sounded like a Scottish accent. I don't know what I was thinking. Now she sounds Russian.
3: I. I don't hear that much of an accent, but um, I don't know. It sounds uh, – I think it's like – well,
2: she's doing her own thing is what it is. She's invented Klingon – she's invented her own accent. She's like, this is this is what she's going to sound like. That's a little uh, – maybe it's just she's doing Dracula. I don't maybe, know what yeah, she's Maybe doing, she's but, just uh,
3: hesitant of the language, and so she's speaking yeah. in weird pauses or something. I don't know. But It's just great, but it sounded a little Russian at times, I thought. It was really cool. Maybe.
2: So, um, what do you think? Do you trust her? Does she want to defect?
3: I don't know. See, I, um, I, I was going back and forth with this for the entire time. I actually found this to be the most interesting part of the episode was the uh, the conversation between Laurel and uh, Cornwell. Uh, at first, I actually did believe her, um, but then I kind of got confused when they they got caught in the hallway because they had the line, uh, you know, you weren't what I expected. They, they both said that to each other, and, they, and yeah. I really couldn't tell if that was legitimate fighting or fake fighting anymore um
2: no 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 i think that i i disagree i i think that when they said you weren't what i expected that was more of their
3: bonding okay so that sold it more for me like well you know, i mean I, I couldn't tell if that was a bonding moment or that was uh you know laurel's like oh the jig is up and then um oh, you know, i gotta kill you now i gotta kill exactly you exactly because we that, don't know we don't know if she survived i mean she looks pretty dead when
2: yeah, she, and she, gets,
3: she gets dragged into a, a room of dead bodies. I mean, <laughs> corpse room, yeah. yeah. The morgue. Yes. Uh, where there's like a
2: bunch of just bones and sliced up yeah, there's, arms there's and whatnot. Yeah, half
3: just half, half, like
2: half of a body there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Serious business. Uh, yeah, I, so I don't know. I don't know who to trust on that because I know that Laurel ha- has or at least had a master plan with her buddy vok who maybe is still involved i mean we'll get to that in a moment and um but she seemed uh she seemed sincere when she said she wanted to defect because she hated
3: uh coal. And, yes, um, I agree. And I think she, do, I think she does hate Cole. But you know? He's y- a- that I agree with. Uh, I mean, she definitely, whatever her par- part of her plan was uh, that she mentioned she wants to blow up the, uh, the warp core drive and take out Cole, your revenge, I absolutely believe that, 100%. But she was very quick to jump on uh, on Cornwall saying, like, oh, you're going to take me to the- your ship to the Discovery, right? And then I was like, whoa, oh. wait a second here. That's a little too convenient. Oh, because, and then- because if, if we're buying uh, Fury
2: X, which is that, Tyler is Vok. Yes, then that's a pretty nice layup. Bring me to discovery and hook me up with my boy and then we'll take over from within.
3: I, I kind of do feel that, but I, I still do I still do think that regardless she is not a fan of Cole and you know, does want to take have revenge against him. Right, right, right. So she does, she's telling the truth that she hates Cole, but she's telling a lie.
2: She wants to get back on discovery, hook up with Tyler. Tyler reveals himself. behold, I am Vok. And then they take over the ship. I think they that'll be kind of a cool, cool,
3: thing, even though we even if we do pre-guess it.
2: <laughs> yeah. No. Either way, it's going to be good. Either way, something's great is going to happen next week because next week is the season, the mid-season uh, finale. And um, originally, this originally they said there would be eight episodes and then the break. And yes. I think that if this was, I don't think I think this episode was very good. But if this was the mid-season finale, I don't... I mean, the mid-season finale should leave us like, ah! Yeah. Like, you can't wait. The mid-season finale has to end with, like, holy crap, what the hell just happened. Yeah, like, it it
3: definitely felt like a two-parter to me, but this would have been a weird spot to break. It would not leave you wanting more, really. As much as you'd want
2: yeah no the it should end like you know they should end this mid-season with like a like a, oh my god i can't believe i have to wait a few more weeks i'm gonna i'm gonna go crazy yeah and i don't think this was it
3: this is engaged Engage. the official star trek podcast Energizer.
2: So the other half of the story, and, and I would imagine, I think, the bigger half in terms of screen time and the more uh, resonant half was uh, the uh, uh, Planet of the Week, I guess you can call it, the way mission on the planet called, I wrote it down, K, what are they called? Pavel. Uh, Pavel, yes, Pavel. The Pavelvians, <laughs> 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 whatever they're called. They go to Pandora, basically, right? They go to Pandora. They go to Oa from Green Lantern. You know, they go to the living planet that's in total harmony, and and now these jerks are gonna make they're gonna make the, the Federation the Klingon come together. <laughs> um, but what was the switcheroo was so it felt pretty um, f- familiar. And I don't need call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
0: You have 47 new voicemails.
1: Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
2: In a negative way. In fact, I mean that. In a, in a very positive way because there you know there are still some people who are like hey, discovery doesn't feel like Star Trek well this really yes, felt like
3: absolutely felt very of, much like Star Trek
2: yeah to the point that it just kind of felt like like where's Doctor Crusher you know like this felt like really you know our gang is on you know Riker and Crusher and Data are wandering around a planet somewhere or Odo and and Kira are wandering around a planet it just felt very homey you know and I think that's by design. Um, and then there's the issue where Saru uh, snaps, you know, and, and, and uh, the reasons for that we'll get to in a moment. But the switch, the switcheroo, and I'll, the switch Saru, if you will, <laughs> that got me was I'm like, oh, Saru's been taken over by um, an alien being or spores. Like, you know, Spock went down to the planet and got spores in his face and, and this side of the paradise and fell in love and became emotional. And, you know, it happened many times in many iterations. But that's not what happened here. Yeah. Saru did not get possessed. He simply wigged out. He just, like, he kind of abandoned his post. He kind of committed a mutiny. Which is ironic because he hates uh, Burnham for doing the the same same thing. thing. Yeah, But he kind of had a, I am in a new environment and I'm going to mutiny. He did... You know, like the mutiny on the Bounty, right? These these British guys who hated hated uh, didn't know they hated naval life. They were just schmucks from from Britain who were working hard and, and in miserable conditions. They go to Tahiti where they can lay out in the sun, uh, they can sleep with women all day, and 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 there's no consequence, and they can drink. And then it's like you got to go back to Britain. Like screw you! This planet's <laughs> where it's at. Planet. This island. And that's what led to that, and um, it's a phenomenon that happened. Uh, and Saru sort of had uh, his own version, and for a while, you're like, oh, Saru's not that cool. Saru's kind of a jerk." I'm not on that. You know, I'm not really on board with this. Until that last scene, which is very important in the writing. I'm, I wonder. You tell me. Do you think that they sold it? Because I got it on an intellectual level. I wonder if it really. Landed for everybody on an emotional level, which is, uh, Saru is not what we think he is. He's somebody who is in a constant state of, of being unwell, and for the first time in his life, he had a moment of peace,
3: and he wanted to hold on to that. Did that? Yeah, land no, that, that, for was definitely, that was definitely conveyed, and I, uh, I think it was uh, really driven home early on when the, the spore or the end the creature or being uh, possessing the second time. They yeah. it, they did a whole like flashback of you know basically the whole, summing up the whole show from his, his perspective, yeah. and then he has that line at the end of like oh I, about fear like I'm afraid and I don't think I've ever we've heard him actually say that before like that no um, no we haven't so I found that to be interesting and then that ties in well with uh, his his kind of resolution at the end when he comes uh, back to the ship and he's in the uh, he's in sick bay
2: yeah I just wonder if there are gonna be repercussions
3: you know because are they gonna rat him out.
2: Um, no, I
3: don't, no, be- I, don't I, I can't imagine Burnham being the, that type of person. Yeah. Um,
2: and in a way she's got a chit on him because she's like, hey, you, 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 you know, I mutinied once and now you did too. So. Yeah.
3: I mean, you can argue that one's a little more significant than the other, but. <laughs> yeah. And I like that blue light poured out of his pe-
2: pineal aisle. <laughs> right? He has like a third eye and he's like, Bruh! And then he's like, hello. And, like, the next morning he's like – it was like in, a, like, a romantic comedy when, like, a dude uh, – it was like in, like, a like a very childish Will Ferrell movie or, like, a Jim Carrey <laughs> movie where, like, the character finally has sex for the first time. <laughs> and then the next morning he's got a spring in his step. And he's like, how you doing, everybody? Yeah. He definitely seemed a was kind of way. like – yeah, it was very, very chipper the next day. First <laughs> but, of all, where then- did Tyler – where did Tyler and Burnham sleep? They were in that in home tree in Pandora? They were in that little Yeah, they were in that little weird right? little
3: little tent thing. Uh all all three of them are in the, the same room. I mean it's really just like a tent, right? That's all it was. So I don't get this. So Saru goes off to talk to the the blue
2: light. He has his, his orb experience, right? He has his, yeah. his psychedelic freak out. And then he wait and then he goes back and goes to bed.
3: And waits till the next morning to tell everybody the good news about his experience. Well, maybe it took him time to process, or he was working through the night. I, I, that's the impression I got. That is, he was. He's, he yeah. mentioned they were trying to establish uh, a vocabulary <laughs> or something, so oh, okay. I, I kind of right. took it as like, hey, they need to rest, and maybe he didn't, <laughs> okay. or
2: yeah, no, you're right, you're right. But and also,
3: did Tyler and uh, and and I was wondering Burn? that because that, that was a very third wheel sc- uh, scenario, but yeah. if they're going to get left left there. I think they smooch, right? They, yeah, I they did. they did.
2: That I didn't listen to They had a smooch, but you know, I think we established pretty pretty uh, well last week that Michael Burnham has not been uh, touched in an intimate manner pre- previously. By yes, person, I agree. Right. So I feel that if she was going to, uh, you know, get, I think it was a chaste kiss with romantic intent, but it did not go further than that.
3: Yeah, I mean, they have little like sleeping bags on a dirt floor. I mean, eh, it's not yeah. the greatest place. They didn't. <laughs>
2: <laughs> if they were playing spring ball, I don't know what base they got to, but it was not. Uh, and it's also none of my business, you know. That is very true between the two of them. And it's not, you know, I'm not here to <laughs> gossip about their love life. But I do think that they were they show feelings for one another, which is why it's going to hurt oh so much more when we discover that Lieutenant Ash Tyler is not who he says he is. Nice choice of words, because. When in this episode, there was a moment where I'm like, "Nah, he's t- he's the guy he says he is." We've been well, this is a red herring. He's not Vok. I gotta loosen up and just relax. Two minutes, later, I'm like, "Oh, this guy's definitely Vok." <laughs> <laughs> like this guy's
3: so Vok. <laughs> so, what do you think? Did you well, so you know did, I, your I was thinking that too. At all? Okay, so um, when he touched that green, when S- Saru made uh, Tyler touch that green stone thing. Yes, and he he sends his this deception. Yeah, uh, I, I I I'm confused here because he he sends the deception of him keeping him uh, busy, but nothing else. Like that's a little that doesn't really work well with the theory, unless uh, like we mentioned earlier that um, Tyler is not aware of it, so therefore it cannot be read. Yeah. Oh, sleeper cell. Yeah, we've talked yeah. about sleeper cell. Before. That's, the, no, only, no, that's no. the only way. that the works. I think.
2: Well, well, well. Or it could be that Tyler was he was deceiving i mean that's true he was deceiving to keep burnham to keep him busy while burnham futzed around with that big uh sculpture spire thing yeah in the sculpture garden As she was over in storm king uh sculpture center futzing around (laughs) with the big crystal uh so he was uh trying to detain him and that was so present that it could be that he was hiding two secrets, but Saru only noticed
3: the top-level secret. You know, Yeah, maybe not... he just scratched the surface with it. Uh, right. <laughs> I, I suppose.
2: Yeah, and then the scene when he's talking about, you know, I wanted to fish for trout in Lake Wobegon or whatever the hell he's yeah. talking about. I mean, it was very specific, you know, and I don't know what kind of data the Klingons have on Earth. Uh, it's good. You point. know, uh, yeah. Like you know, you know, he's if he if let's walk this through. If he's Vak and he goes to the matriarchs of Mokai, whatever the hell they're called, and he's getting his face changed and he's learning about how to fit in with humans, you know, they're going to give him a cover story. But is it going to be ah, I was fishing for trout and in, in Squaw Valley, or you know, I mean, uh, you know, to what extent? Is it really gonna sink?
3: I so also was- I also think that, the, that that's a, a it's, it's kind of like a cliche character uh, trade is the is the, the the guy in the advanced civilization wanting the simple life. So I could see that being part of a programmed kind of sleeper agent kind of thing. <laughs> um, but also see now um, that was my that was my uh, con against the the argument that he is Vok. But my pro for that argument is um, his the story he tells to Saru about how he wants to make the Klingons suffer. And I think that's actually true. I think he wants to make Cole suffer, just like uh, Lorel does. So I think that may have been some truth in there. And I think that that kind of pushed me towards, okay, yep, maybe that is it.
2: That's very interesting because during that moment was when I was thinking, no, this guy is Tyler. He has been punished. You know? Interesting. But you're, you're, yeah, but, but you know what? I'm an idiot. I was thinking on it on a very... Uh, de- you know, very obvious uh, uh, plane. You know, you were you you had some depth to yours, much like Lorel, He
3: he hates Cole. He, he loves Takuvma. He is a he he wants vengeance. So. But then, if if that's the case, then then he is uh, he is definitely aware of his, uh, his right that who he if is. If that's then, the so. case,
2: yeah, then he's not a sleeper cell. And in which case, somehow that quasi mind meld experience with the green block <laughs>
0: what the hell is that
2: <laughs> touch this bl- green block and we will have a minor yeah. mind melt so what was the deal the planet is alive and i'm I'm with living planets i you know ego the living planet mogo one of my favorite members of the green lantern Corps. i'm fine with living planets but why was there this antenna that was just a nat- it was like a it was, it was like their version of just like a cool looking it was just it was like like airs rock or or um you know, just just a naturally occurring thing. Yeah, right? I, it's I assume rock.
3: it's a na- it's a naturally occurring mm-hmm. formation on the planet. <laughs> um, as to what that whole race was and the harmonious sound and all that stuff, I have no idea. Right. It was a little, a little yeah. odd, I guess. But I mean, that that Star Trek. I mean, you know, it yeah, totally it, that, and, it, works. And it they still brought, works. they they brought Tyler
2: closer. <clears> They're like, "We'll zoom you over." Yes, they did. I love that. And then, so like. They were like, "No, get back to your ship." And Saru's like, "I don't want to go. I want to stay here with you." And they're like, "No, you gotta go." Right? The no, they, got, they oh, didn't.
3: No, they didn't tell him that. They just got beamed. Right. Right.
2: They would have let Saru stay. I would imagine. Possibly, yeah. But then they knew what was going on, and they're going to be very proactive in trying to force a peace, much like the Organians in the original series. Uh, when the Organian Peace Treaty was thrust upon the Federation and the Klingons. So shades of that to come a little bit. Um, But I guess it's kind of neat. So the the Federation knew this planet was around, and they just had a hunch they could use this giant antenna to work as a massive sonar throughout the quadrant that would help them find cloaked ships. I would have liked to have seen that work.
3: Well, I mean, it, it. Oh, yeah, you're right. It, it's not. It working. Looked cool. It
2: Would it look cool? Yeah, no, cool. it, yeah, it no. definitely
3: would have looked cool. Yeah, but uh, you're right. It is, it is not working because it's just the uh, the communication between the two ships. That's really all it was. Yeah, yeah no, the, the the the
2: the planet, the Pavlov, Pavlovans <laughs> yeah. are like, no, f you. We're taking over, <laughs> and which was cool too because we got to see a little bit of like first contact. Um, and Burnham was pretty uh, adamant about like we can't just do this without asking. And then Tyler says, "No, we're doing it anyhow," and she kind of goes with it.
3: I so. bought his logic. Oh, I did they do. But Saru said they could, we can do whatever we want, and uh, and they did it. So that's what they wanted to do. I like that we learned that Saru is a fast runner. Saru can run eighty yeah. kilo- kilometers per hour, and he went a little Hulk smash on that uh, on that uh, that you know apparatus <laughs> that burner had. <laughs> he did, and he has super hearing, and he could take three.
2: Uh, stuns to the chest yeah that you know, was she such shot serious him three business. times which was all which was part i was thinking like he was possessed and then i was expecting like blue i mean this is because i've been raised on 700 plus episodes of star trek i was expecting like by the time of that fir- third phaser blast he would go Arr! and then like blue dots you know like would would swim away from him and like finally he would be released and he'd be like thank you the beings have released me and now my true feelings can come out. I was being, uh, you know, being told what to do when I was possessed and it never happened. Yeah, this um, is the I great mean, switcheroo.
3: This is another th- th- question I had, too, is, um, you know, we see that Saru is very fast. We see that he uh, has some strength to him and he has some durability because he can take three stun blasts. What On his planet, what are the apex beings that are hunting them? Like, what are they like? Oh, God. I mean, Season two, <laughs> we're gonna find. We're gonna go to Kelpia and find
2: out. You Seriously, know? Uh, it was also a nice. I'm sure uh, I m- took a note of it. Um, I didn't get it word for word, but when uh, she, when Burnham and uh, Tyler are having their lovey-dovey moment, they reflect on the you know goods of the many versus the goods of the few, which is a nice tie to uh, to canon um, and Wrath of Khan. But you know that's such a you know, and also I think it was in uh, Star Trek Into Darkness, also, that it's such a. Um, but it's beyond Star Trek at that point. It's like such a common phrase now. It's yeah. it's, it's hardly even Star Trek. But that was nice the way they b- were worked that in, and it worked itself in um, unobtrusively. It didn't feel like it was forced. You know, it felt felt pretty natural, and it's good to see. It's good to be reminded of Burnham's uh, Vulcan upbringing, even if she is a human, and. Um, we also got a really nice close-up of Saru's thumb, with like a dirty, gross thumbnail. Oh, I didn't see that at all. <laughs> it was toward the end. It was when he was banging on the, like you said, when he was Hulk smashing. You know, during that <laughs> sequence, there's like a shot of his thumb. It'll be worth taking a screen grab later. Some other things I noticed. I, you know, Lorel called uh, a Call a dirty patach, which I thought was nice. And, uh, <laughs> Cole is of House Core, which I, I'm pretty sure we've talked about before on the on the show. Um, you know, Core being one of the first Klingons we ever meet in TOS. You know, Cole and Core being of the same house, I would I hope will one day factor into one another. Um, but but who knows? And uh, yeah, and that that the morgue, the, the all those bodies. There was like a Klingon abattoir. like I guess just Cole has a lot of Cole, excuse me, Core has a lot of no no Cole no Cole, Cole Cole has Cole has a lot of enemies on that ship, and when he gets mad, he just has them chopped to bits, right? Well, I, I was
3: I was I was kind of wondering who those people were. Were, were they uh, people that were, you know, with uh, Lorel originally? That because she obviously recognized pretty much all of them. Yeah, she was like Karach, uh, my friend. <laughs> yeah, or, or I was possibly thinking that maybe they were some uh, some leaders of other clans that he didn't kind of have good dealings with so he killed them.
2: <laughs> yeah
3: no i feel like they were people who were just not getting in line that yeah we're not we're not
2: we're causing a little friction he's like you know what off off with your head
3: yeah and literally <laughs> i mean yeah it was pretty yeah. gruesome
2: so what do you think do you're a betting man what do you think is the admiral still alive
3: yeah i think the admiral's still alive uh, I, I mean they they left the, the shot uh they left the scene. They ended the scene on a shot of her on the ground. There, uh, I yeah. think. I think uh, kind of gotten a little. Oh no! Because she went back to the bridge and they captured her, because uh, he, he put the pain on her face, and yeah. they said, "Yeah, well, I see through your deceit." Blah blah blah. Um, yeah, different deceit though. He doesn't. So see maybe, hey, maybe, maybe the admiral's going to rescue her now because they think oh, she's dead. Wouldn't that be
2: awesome? Yeah. Wouldn't that be awesome?
3: That'd be a nice little turn.
2: That would be a nice little turn.
3: I'm sure there's a weapon laying around in that uh, room of dead bodies she can grab. You know, sure,
2: sure, or maybe just uh, just the arm of a of a dead Klingon. Yeah, there his, you uh, go,
3: just with all those spiky uh, <laughs> armors
2: on it. Yeah. There you go. Well, it was all in all pretty cool. I thought, um, and it leads to uh, you know what's going to happen next. I think I think this was an episode that was like a. Um, a a joiner you know it was like in between two bigger peaks uh which is not to say that it wasn't any good it was terrific um but it felt like and I kind of alluded to this a minute ago and it's not a pejorative it's not a it's not a negative it felt like old school Star Trek it felt like a like a like kind of a random episode of Star Trek which we have not yet had you know we had the we had the prologue the two the first two-parter which feels very different from the rest of Discovery and part of that is due to behind the scenes movements with uh, previous producers the Brian Fuller's involvement blah 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 and then everything since those first two has been uh, on fire you know it's been moving really fast and then last week with the time loop uh, was was I thought a real climax the more, more I think about it I really loved last week and this really felt like you know, when when um, when I was a kid, first watching TNG, I tried to watch it every week. But you know, maybe there were some weeks where, you know, my parents made me go somewhere, and I would miss it, and I would catch it later. Uh, you know, because the it was didn't have DVR back then. <laughs> didn't have DVR back then. And then you catch it later, and be like, oh, here's some episode of Star Trek that I didn't see. There's there's Doctor Crusher on a planet. Okay, Like there's that episode where Doctor Crusher and Picard fall in like a pit, and she hurts her leg, and they're just like hanging out. That to me is like the most, like forgettable but still good TNG episode. And I'm not saying that this is forgettable in any way. I'm just saying that like it just felt like good old reliable Star Trek. You well, know?
3: I mean, I think at this point we're still judging this as uh, as without the full the full effect of it. I mean, this is this is half of a, of, of a story really. Because right, right, in the middle. Yeah, and next week we're going to see more, and I think we will get that. That you know, oh shit, cliffhanger moment at the end of it. At least I hope we do. Right, right. Before, for, for before the, we break for the uh, the second half of the season for
2: the holidays. But also,
3: we're still evaluating this
2: show in the phenomenon of oh my god, Star Trek is back. Yes, and it's and you know we're eight episodes in and we're still evaluating on as it's back. It's a new crew. Then there's all this like real world stuff like ah, it's streaming, which means like we have to convince our friends to watch something on streaming, which has been a nightmare. So, I've been trying to convince my friends to to watch it on streaming. And you know what, kids, if you're listening, this is the perfect time because we're about to get into the last episode before the the mid-season break. You know, Discovery's going to go away after next week and then come back in January. So, if you've been hemming and hawing and and waiting and dragging your feet now this minute the as you're listening to us talk you should sign up for all access which happens to be uh the sponsor of this show and we got to the commercial late this week but also the raison d'etre of this show because of the show discovery in america is on all access and it's only six bucks a month and the first week is free so now that you've been hearing us talk about it watch it for yourselves binge it binge the eight episodes yep and perfect bingeing watch time. To, yeah you're in peak binge uh binge all eight it's eight hours a little less because of the commercial breaks um, binge all eight episodes and then you can watch episode nine live so to speak with everybody else when it debuts sunday at 8 30 p.m eastern time Uh, And All Access is not just about Discovery. It's about every other Star Trek, Deep Space Nine, original series, Voyager, blah, blah, blah. Plus other great CBS shows, Twilight Zone. You heard about the Twilight Zone news, right? Yes, uh, Jordan Peele is going to be... Jordan Peele. I I think the deal is done, or it it was uh, done enough that it was announced. Jordan Peele of Key and Peele, very funny, and he made the very good movie Get Out. Which I've been really meaning to see. Oh, it's great. You should check it out uh he is going to bring back the twilight zone on cbs all access so now two classic intellectual properties twilight zone and star trek are on all access well i mean you know, eventually we'll be on all access so there's a lot going on and also you get live cbs so if you're a cord cutter and you want to watch a football game that's on cbs you don't have to go to the bar you can watch it at home stop drinking so much watch it at home and drink <laughs> a pepsi instead so that's what's going on at CBS All Access. You get your free week if you go to cbs.com slash Star Trek. And that's what it's all about. So, um, yeah. So I was saying, it sounded like I was negging this episode. And I, I, I don't mean to neg it at all. I really liked it. Um, and the, But the positive spin I had was that this was good old Star Trek is back in a way that has been to some critics of the new show that are... Some critics will never like the new show, that's fair. But there are some who have been like, well, it doesn't quite feel like Star Trek. to me. like, this friggin' does. Yeah, this felt like Star Trek. Yeah, if you can't get that in the DNA of this, then I don't know what to tell you. Um, And it has been a little bit overwhelming because it's all so new, and, you know, we have had serialized shows before. Deep Space Nine, from season four on, is serialized, but not quite to the extent that Discovery has been serialized. And it really is... Um, even though this one does pump the brakes a little bit and it's a little slower paced, it's still just one story from, from get-go, from the first moment of, of of Burnham and Giorgio on that sand planet. So, um, you know, it's definitely new and we're still kind of getting our space legs, so to speak. So, um, yeah, this was fun. This was a good one. And, and you know, this is not the first Star Trek episode to have a Latin title. There was the one in a... Deep Space Nine, Inter (laughs) Arnum, I forget forget what it was, but there's another one that has an all-Latin name, and so this one does too. So there you go. So that's what's going on. Um, Next week, who knows? Are we going to see some more Mirror Universe finally? Are we going to see... Are we going to see... Is there going to be... I mean, is Saru going to have to face the music a little bit for his actions down on the planet is sarek still in sickbay or do they drop him off on vulcan i would imagine they
3: did yeah i i'm at this point i'm thinking he's not there anymore <laughs> because <laughs> <Yeah>. we saw <laughs> sickbay i mean great that it's a small room shows sure other sp- spots there but you know i i think he's gone
2: yeah i think so too well anyhow we're gonna watch it just like you and this time next week we'll we'll discuss uh Uh, episode nine and then when the show goes on hiatus we'll have some more stuff for you we got a special guest that brian you and i haven't spoken to yet but this mysterious individual is going to be in our studios very soon Uh, we're going to speak to mystery guest x before we watch episode nine but we will air the interview with mystery guest x after nine And then, uh, you know, we'll have some more stuff. We're going to go talk a little bit. You know, we've been getting a lot of great feedback on the Facebook page. And by and large, everybody's, uh, you know, people have been telling us, telling me their theories about Discovery and get a lot of fan mail for Brian. Uh, One one (laughs) gal said, Brian's a cutie. Oh. I said, Brian's a cutie. You haven't seen a picture of him. How do you know he's a cutie? (laughs) She just said, Brian's a cutie. That's exactly what she said. Um, But there was one person who said who does not like discovery okay uh does not like discovery and said i you know enough of this discovery get back to start talking about old track again and first i'm a little defensive I'm like f you don't tell me what to do <laughs> but um we are you know when discovery goes on hiatus you know we do have 50 years of star trek to talk about as we were doing for a you know Good a year, year plus a on this episode on this uh podcast we have not exhausted the topic of of, discuss, of star trek um we have i have one episode that i've been trying to cook up it involves a special guest brian you don't even know about this i haven't even told I, you. i yet, don't so. I, all i know about is tomorrow that's it right no no, no. there's somebody else who was not a star trek alumni but uh they are a very interesting personality and may bring some interesting uh perspectives to star trek and that is something that i hope to record in december And, uh, you know, there's going to be more stuff. So, you know, uh, when the show goes on, when Discovery goes on hiatus, we are not going on hiatus. So that's the good news. So with that, I want to say to everybody, live long and prosper. Brian, thank you so much for spending your Sunday evening with me talking about Discovery. Wouldn't have it any other um, way. Oh, what a guy. What a guy. And um, let me know when you go to Jersey City because, uh, oh, you know what they had there? And it was only the one night. They had uh, themed drinks. They had a cool DJ there also. Oh, really? And I had, um, they had something. It was called Klingon blood wine. And so I just assumed it was wine. And uh, the woman who was kind of running the event, she was like, hey, you want me to bring you a drink? I'm like, sure. And it was like, it had dry ice in it. So it was like steaming, kind of like, you know, mad scientist laboratory. And And then like, and I hadn't had dinner. And then I had a second one. And, like, turns out the drink was, like, a mixture of tequila and rum and Red Bull and God knows whatever else was in there. I was was a mess that night. By the end of the (laughs) night, I was. So it hit you pretty hard. I I was not driving, thank God. Um, (laughs) So that's what's going on. So we'll see you next week on Engage. Until then, live long and prosper.